Hey everybody, Coach here. Good day. Hope you are having a very good week and got something special planned coming up for the Memorial Day celebration. My hat's off and my hand is over my heart for all of those men and women that have served and for some who have sacrificed to keep this country that I call home very, very alive and well and free. Thank you to all of you. Hey, um, this particular podcast is a little different and I want you to stick with me here because the beginning is not anything like the end. Hey, you know something? If you take any great success that you have ever heard of, whether it be a corporate or personal, professional or otherwise, I will show you the reason why they are or were so very, very successful. Ready for that reason? Like I said, stay with me and we will talk about it. And in the middle of the podcast, we will couple it to landscaping very, very easily. The most important reason will be at the end, of course. But like I said, I am glad you're here and I hope things are going well. Let's get rolling, shall we? Hey, I'm Matt and you can call me coach. You know, every week I try to bring you guys DIY landscape information, design concepts, and theories in a hopefully easy to understand format so you guys can tackle landscape projects yourself, get the results you want, those professional results, be more self-reliant, and in the process, save a whole lot of money. You know, after a 20-year career as a successful landscape designer, contractor, educator, retail nursery manager, and some college education behind me, I bring with me a lot of knowledge and experience that I want to share with you, the modern, educated, self-reliant homeowner of today. Okay, so tell me what you think about when you hear these names and companies that I mention. Henry Ford, George Washington, Tony Robbins, Jeff Bezos, Sam Walton, Baldwin, Bowker, and Siegel. Bet you didn't hear those too often, huh? Steve Jobs, Ray Kroc, Mercedes-Benz. All very successful people, am I right? And the corporations that are attached to them have huge national and global influences. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, take for instance, Henry Ford. He was one man started off in a garage with a great idea. His great idea was mass production of automobiles rather than build them one at a time. George Washington and his infamous crossing of the Potomac on the frigid winter day to go up against the English army, Britain's army. How about Jeff Bezos? My gosh, a guy who started in his garage with Amazon, created by one man. But none of these people, not one, was a huge success until what? Tell me what you think when you hear these names. Starbucks, Walmart, McDonald's, Apple Computer. These are all huge retail successes. But what do they have in common? And how does this link to successful, beautiful landscapes? Well, I'll tell you. In my humble opinion, it all surrounds the topic of a great mind with a great idea, but 
an even better supporting cast. None of these success stories would be crap in the history books without those brave, proud, smart, and ingenious supporting men and women that took an idea, tactic, action, concept, and molded into a great success. One person, one person cannot do it all. Well, you know something? In our small corners of the world where we call home, we too should have a great cast of supporting characters behind the scenes and the curtain as well. Our landscapes and gardens will always be at their collective best if we have these supporting cast members dialed in and operating at peak performance. Don't believe me? Okay, check this out. Let's just say you live in Southern California, okay? Southern Cal. Try not watering your ornamental landscape for a month. Just one month. Try not, try not doing that for one month. And I'm not talking if you got a cactus garden now. I'm talking about your standard residential ornamental landscape. How about uh, maybe you live in the flat areas of the deep south in the US of A or anywhere else or, you know, any other rainy region and have no water management system in place. How about you have a sodded or seeded 20,000 square feet of lawn for yourself? It is in need of a haircut now, and that piece of crap mower, that 21-inch walk-behind self-propelled mower that your parents gave you when you first bought your first house, and that's what you're taking on now, a 20,000 square foot lawn. How about your landscape lights are set for summer? And check it outside, it's uh, December. Our landscape cast of supporting characters assist us in staying in the healthy, productive, and vibrant landscape zone. It really do. They're those unsung heroes behind the scenes. Without them, we are left to our own devices, like dragging a hose. How about uh, a flashlight at night out in the backyard? Or for your drainage system, all you've done is put splash blocks down at the bottom of your downspout, or you have no gutter system or drainage system at all. And with that, we can slip into bad habits, which I have seen dozens of times from clients over the years, which oftentimes it kind of evolves into nice landscapes when they first moved in because the previous owners had fixed them up real nice to sell or they're a brand new house and the builder had put in a front yard. It puts these nice landscapes at risk unnecessarily guaranteed. So these supporting cast members or elements if you would of the landscape really help us stay in that win-win landscape zone, really does. Keep these supporting systems in your landscape in top-notch shape and you too will reap the rewards of a much more maintenance-reduced landscape that is always performing well. Let's take a look at them. How about the real unsung hero in many places of the country and world is an irrigation system. And with those, if 
at least it's a manual system. If not, and you've done it correctly, and it's an automated system, we need to do the following to make sure this guy, this guy is run on all, all eight cylinders. All heads, all sprinkler heads inspected and cleaned as needed two times a year, depending on how fast your grass grows and what kind of grass you have. The space, the small little lawn space around each sprinkler head should be cleared cleared at least a, a half inch around each head so that when that thing pops up the the sprinkler is not having to try and clear lawn that is starting to grow over it very important that way you have proper very proper water spray and distribution and clearance for the pop-up or the the rotator valve or the mini or maxi paw whatever kind of sprinkler you have how about the valves Valves, and especially their wires, inspected twice a year for damage or the valves themselves for any sort of winterized leaking or uh, if you have one of the old jelly jar kind or you've got the screw down on top of the diaphragm. Those kinds of things need to be looked at. Sometimes it takes less than five seconds. If ain't water dripping out of them when everything's off, then you should be good. How about the timers? The timers are adjusted for the current weather and the current season. If it's February out, you don't need to have your sprinklers set like it's July. See what I'm saying? And one of the most convenient things that came out many years ago and should be in place just for a conservation effort is a rain sensor, okay? One of the very important parts of an auto system. That way, you're not that guy. You're not that, I'm sorry, but dumbass that has their sprinklers coming on when there is a half inch of rain just pouring from the heavens, which I have seen not only from residentials, but more importantly, cities and counties with water restrictions out west. And they're citing people for watering on the wrong day or the wrong time of day. And yet their stuff is coming on at 12 noon on a 95 degree Wednesday. And yet who's citing them? All right, moving on. Here's, here's probably, probably outside of irrigation is definitely my most important or 1.5 importance in the landscape. And I see this so often on forums and that is a drainage system, a working functional drainage system for a landscape. If you actually have one installed, you know, do you take care of it? Or is it out of sight, out of mind until there's a problem? You know, it's just like anything else in the house. Would you not vacuum your carpet or dust your furniture? You know, I don't know, maybe somebody don't, some people don't. But whatever you have is cleaned at least two times a year and it flows properly. Why? Because you listened to me and you installed it correctly. So you have proper slope, you have a sump system if you need to, your French drain was burrito wrapped correctly, blah, 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 blah. It was done right. How about your evacuation point is placed correctly? It's either near the street or near the back hill or whatever you have. Do you need water moved uphill and off the property? Which I see so often with these people with these flooded yards and yet very few people know what a sump system is. A landscape sump system. It's basically the same thing that people put in their basements of their houses, but it's much more landscape friendly, 
all your house drainage, your French drains can be drained to a sump system and then you can have a two inch discharge pipe sending the water out to the street and off the property safely so you don't have ankle deep ponding out where your patio is in your fire pit and you can actually use the damn thing within a day instead of water sitting there for what I saw online the other day, this poor suffering bastard. He had standing water, two inches of standing water that stays there for two weeks after a rain event. Two weeks. There's no rhyme or reason for that. Not with technology, a little bit of skill, a little bit of sweat equity. You can correct that very easily. Okay, how about tools? Quality brands first and foremost. Don't be a cheap ass. Get the best stuff that you can possibly afford and then keep it in good shape. You don't leave it out. You don't you put everything away, hang everything up. Pruning tools, one of my favorite parts of the, the maintenance, landscape maintenance is always the pruning tools. And that they are sharpened at least once a year, lubricated at least twice a year, and they're ready to go. And you know where they're at. You don't have to put your index finger to your chin and go, where did I put those pruning shears? No, you have a spot for them. And this is how we stay on task, which is what is coming up. How about your mower? Remember when I talked to you about 20,000 square feet? You know, I visited the, the Appalachians, Tennessee, Kentucky, North Carolina area this spring. And you talk about lawns. Out west, these people would be shanghaied and hung from an oak tree because these people have acres of lawn that they're mowing. Now, granted, they're not watering this with municipal water. I, I don't know how you'd ever be able to afford it if you're on a municipal system and watering that much. But, oh my God, back to mowers. Mowers stay tuned. You, you, switch, out that, you switch out that spark plug once a year you change your oil twice a year, sometimes as much as three times a year, depending on how much you're having to mow. How about your wheelbarrows? One of the, one of the best tools that was ever invented for cleaning up fall leaves, for getting mulch and soils and rock and gravel from one point to another. And yet people run around with them with the wheelbarrows so underinflated that they look like they're running on a, a half full tire. And you can hear it coming from the front yard because they've never been greased. So they see it there and they go, squeak, 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 squeak. Okay, so we, you know, a simple five minutes, inflate the tires, keep them inflated, grease the, grease the, the, uh, the rod that goes through there and keep it in good shape. You know, when it comes to lighting, another great supporting cast of Holy cow, look at uh, the Smith's backyard. It's so beautiful uh, in the evening when we were over there for that barbecue. It's because the Smith's probably check the bulbs three times a year, make sure every one of them's working. If you can, switch over to LEDs. My God, they're so much more maintenance-free than incandescent bulbs. Manual timers are adjusted at least four times a year. However, if your transformer has the capability of having a photocell attached to it or built in, you're home free because then you can set it from dusk to dawn or you can set it from dusk for six hours and then it shuts off. Makes life so much easier. And 
no spideys. No spideys up inside those transformer internals. They, they can get up in there and start to create webs and nests and all kinds of stuff. I've seen ants up in there. I have seen slugs and snails up in there. So we want to look inside the transformer and make sure they're in good shape. Another supporting cast is fertilizer. It's amazing how many times people plant a landscape. They do not use a fertilizer. They do, if they plant it, they don't follow up with fertilizers. And much like in the industrial agricultural world, they are not replenishing the nutrients of that soil. And then I read about, why is my plant not growing very well anymore? It's a blah, 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 which is supposed to grow four feet by four feet, but I have chosen to butcher it into a narrow rectangle and put it underneath my front window. So it's not growing naturally like it's supposed to. I've never fed it. And why is it doing what it's doing? Yeah, hello. Anyway, a good fertilizing program with fertilizer placed correctly at the proper rates. The right type for the needs of the plants that are in the landscape. You know, if you have all kinds of rhododendrons, camellias, azaleas, hostas, blueberries, blah, 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 don't go get just the crap that's on sale at the box stores and figure it's good enough. Spend an extra three or $4 and get a good acid-loving fertilizer that's gonna help. It's gonna help the plants that are there. If you guys are fortunate to have a water feature, whether it's a standalone, whether it's a pondless waterfall or a pond, a water balance attained for ponds through careful balance of plant and fish and circulation and filtration, the pumps are checked at least three times a year, cleaned at least once a year, probably twice. The standalone features, I always suggest cleaning four times a year. Yeah, if you're you have a standalone over a basin or something to wash that basin out with any sort of accumulating dust or debris, slugs or snails that fall down in there. I used to have little frogs that used to get down in there. Cleaning those out and don't let them ever get into an anaerobic state and then refilling them with water. Put a little bit of uh, algae deterrent in with it and do that four times a year and you keep your water crystal clear. It doesn't affect wildlife or anything else, man. I had more butterflies and hummingbirds and birds of all kinds that used to use mine at Weed Patch Ranch as their morning bath. Used to be great. I'd have coffee out on the front deck and I'd have hummingbirds and songbirds and all kinds just coming in there and using that. Okay, a real easy way in this day and age to keep up with all that our landscapes demand is to have a schedule. A schedule written out or somewhere where it's easily accessible uh, with reminders and schedules that we can easily adhere to and work into our daily, weekly, and seasonal landscape lives. Very, very simple. I used to have one right at my shop, and I would have pruning, I would have this and that, and, you know, uh, winter spraying and pruning of, you know, removing the vegetables. When do I prune the berries? I had, a you know, one of those whiteboards that I had taped off into calendar months. And I just had it written down there on a dry erase board and it worked out good. I mean, it, it kind of kept me on task. All right, drum roll, please. Finally, the most important supporting cast member of your landscape. Can you guess what it is? Well, if you guessed you, you were right. You know, if you take you out of the equation as the most important supporting cast member to your garden and landscape, what do you got? I'll tell you what you got. You'll be that house 
on the block that used to have such a beautiful landscape until they let it go to crap. Such a cry and shame, and it happens so, so often. You've been living next to the Joneses for 20 years, and the Joneses say, ah, time for us to move on. We're gonna sell the house, make a dollar, and go retire, blah, blah, blah. And then the, the Huckleberries move in, and the Huckleberries don't give a rat's freaking ass about how the Joneses kept their landscape. You know, they, they moved their family and all their extended family, and they got their yard cars now, and. There are four big dogs and the landscape goes to hell inside 12 months. That's because that landscape doesn't have a supporting cast of any kind to take care of it. No landscape, I don't care what it is, but no ornamental landscape can remain at its peak without the star of the show, you. No landscape that contains living, breathing plant material is 100% maintenance free. It requires something from someone it requires these supporting cast members or landscape elements coupled with you as the tip of the spear to be at its best year round, year after year. A landscape cannot, the last I checked, prune itself, feed itself, harvest itself, water itself, light itself, except maybe by moonlight or sunlight, irrigation, systems, drainage, lighting, tools and machines, fertilizer, water features cannot do it by themselves. It requires a smart, self-reliant, educated homeowner and manager to be at their best. And you have seen them. I am probably talking to those people that have that type of landscape. I hope I'm not talking to one of those people that are that house unless you guys have a come to Jesus moment and you want to learn. And if you are, welcome, welcome. I hope you're picking something up here. Unless you are plunking down massive, huge dollars every month for an A to Z maintenance person that covers all facets of landscaping, it will be up to you. And quite frankly, you can do a better job than the pros. The pros yeah, they have mowers and blowers and string trimmers and hedge trimmers and all that other stuff. But that doesn't mean they create beautiful landscapes. It really doesn't. They create green meatballs and boxes and balls. And I don't know, I was in that business for a short period of time and you could never create a beautiful landscape. You could create a functioning landscape with a well-mowed lawn, but boxes and balls uh, just don't make a natural beautiful landscape in my humble opinion. So if you look at places like, I'll just use some examples. I, I don't know all of these around the globe. I only know a few of them here in the States. But if you look at places like Biltmore Estates in North Carolina or Bouchard Gardens up in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia. How about uh, the Portland Rose Garden in Oregon? Chicago Botanical Garden or any well-known public landscape slash garden around the globe without a huge supporting cast that stands behind the scenes of these magnificent man-made landscapes, what would you have? Give those landscapes a year without care and you would, have, uh, you would have a garden and street scene right out of the movie I Am Legend. You know, when all the trees and weeds are taking over the city and stuff. Remember the movie industry as a metaphor, and I'm gonna close with this. 
If you look at the Academy Awards and the old little golden Oscar that's handed out, you know, the Oscar always goes to the actor, actress, director, uh, movie, uh, supporting actor or actress, screenplay. Um, I think there's something regarding music and I don't remember the name of it, I'm sorry. But you know something? None of those awards to those folks would even be possible without what? That strong supporting cast behind the scenes that makes that whole movie machine an eventual winner. If you had the greatest actor in the world and he was plunked into the worst freaking editing job of a movie ever, think he'd get an Oscar? Uh, no, he wouldn't. So, when you're out front on a Saturday morning and you're doing your thing with your pruning shears or you're planting up containers or you're mowing the lawn or whatever you're doing, when you get that compliment from a neighbor or a passerby about your particular garden, your particular lawn, your orchard, your vegetables, whatever it might be, remember to also thank silently your landscape supporting cast for getting you to that complimentary point. Keep up the good work, guys. Show that pride of home ownership by having a home surrounded by a beautiful landscape that complements your property, certainly your neighborhood, and most importantly, you, you and your family. Hey, I hope you got something out of this, okay? I will see you guys next week. Please. Take a look at the website that's listed on the podcast here and also over on the YouTube channel, Yard Coach. And hey, if you want to learn a little bit more, a couple of products there that I offer up, the book and the digital course. So until next week, next week, I hope the spring is in full throttle for you guys. Keep your eye on the long-term forecast. Start prepping for summer. We'll be covering that here in the next week or two. You guys take care for now. Thanks for sticking around. Thank you for listening to this episode of Yard Coach. Check out the original videos on YouTube at Yard Coach or email Coach Matt at youryardcoach at gmail.com. And hey, did you get your free 15-step landscaping project checklist? Check out the podcast description below for the link to your free PDF, as well as the YouTube channel for more great information for the DIYer in you. See you next week.